29th. October 29th, 2020. Tom Kearney here, the Tom Kearney Show. We're here every night, Monday through Friday, from 9 until 10, with a little bit of in real time radio. And we try to bring you programs that entertain and or edify one or the other, and hopefully both. And uh, we're going to continue something. Uh, it's worth the second hour, I thought. Uh, uh, last week, we, uh, well, I had been inspired, uh, one of our nostalgia shows, and that's sort of what we have tonight. When we think about, about something we really liked and, and enjoyed thinking about it, uh, whenever, uh, and I love trivia, I bring up uh, one show. There, well, there are several shows that are in this category. MASH is one of them, and there's some other ones. Uh, but one particular show always gets, well, the eyebrows go up and, and you can tell that people that may not be interested in that sort of thing are uh, have some connection, have some vibration with regard to this, and that is the Twilight Zone, which is if there ever was a classic, if there ever was something that deserved a, that much overused word iconic, it is the Twilight Zone, 156 episodes. And uh, it ran, I believe, starting in 1960, and when I went off to my first job after I got out of college. I was a, an instructor in history and government at Hargrave Military Academy in Chatham, Virginia, about 20 miles over the line, just north of Danville. And to tell you the truth, ladies and gentlemen, there was not a whole lot to do in a town with about 1,300 people in it at night. It was the county seat. Danville is in the county, but it's what the Virginians call an independent city. So it's there, but it's not there. Well, maybe we can talk about that sometime. Uh, but in any event, uh, there's not much to do. And uh, so uh, after I did my, my teaching, and one, one out of eight nights, I had to walk a barracks uh, on a rotation with other instructors to make sure the little urchins were, were doing what they were supposed to do, studying and so on. And so uh, one of the channels we got, we got, we were in the Roanoke market, and we've got to watch the Twilight Zone in its first round of reruns. There weren't as many reruns in those days because there wasn't as many much broadcast presence. There were three channels we could get, and there weren't many uh, UHF channels, and we didn't have cable there. This was like 1966-67. Programs didn't get to be rerun. If you miss a program these days. It'll probably be rerun within a month on some channel. You just got to figure out which channel. And uh, now there's some channels that's more often than that. But in any event, I watched the Twilight Zone every night. I think it was at seven or seven thirty. I would eat my evening meal and then I would go to my room. I lived in a hotel and uh, a small hotel and uh, watched the Twilight Zone. And there, there was Rod Serling. And and since then, I have. I did a little binge watching. I'm not much good for that. I, I run out over time. Sometimes I don't even make it through a whole show. Uh, but uh, uh, the other thing was that uh, I think it was the Science Fiction Channel uh, sometime in the last 20 years on a weekend, I mean a holiday, like Labor Day or Fourth of July, they would run a marathon. Uh, so you could binge watch right off the screen there and... Uh, I, I got set up my uh, VHS, uh, which shows you when it was. It was uh, one technology ago, and uh, 
and recorded it, and I would I would record it. I think I was working. I think I had to work at WPTF, as a matter of fact, through the lunch hour, and I would come home in the afternoon and watch that day's Twilight Zone. And uh, found that I, I, I liked it. I liked the twist. I liked the kind of weirdness of it all. Uh, and I think Rod Serling is is amused by those things that are in the twilight zone between reality and non-reality. And he 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 was a good writer, and he wrote it up pretty well, and he introduced it well, and we got used to the theme song. And and today, if we say something's in the twilight zone, we may mean the TV program, or we may mean something that's gaga in our own world. But when we did the program last week, I thought, well, we'll see. We'll talk about some old TV shows. Uh, uh, we go back to the early days of television. Uh, I can remember uh, watching Lucy and and uh, on Monday night at 9 o'clock. Lucy came on at 51. That, and there was a show called December Bride that was on right after that. They were kind of like a pair. And you, they were the, the second show was riding on Lucy's coattail, of course. And probably the first show that I thought was my favorite show was a show that was called You'll Never Get Rich when it came on, but eventually they called it the Phil Silver Show because he was the star of it. and He was the one who made the whole show. He was an old burlesque comic and uh, a truly funny person. Uh tell you a story. One night, George Brody, who did the movie trivia with us, was on with me, and we ran out of stuff to talk with and talk about and we hadn't rehearsed anything and so I said what am I going to say now so I said to George what is the funniest movie you ever saw George we were doing movie trivia on Friday night and he said the same movie that I was just about to say we 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 never discussed it totally out of the blue we agreed on the funniest movie that we had ever seen and it was a funny thing happened on the way to the forum and Phil Silvers was one of the stars of that and I had seen the movie recently, and I'd actually seen the play at Memorial Hall in Chapel Hill not too long before that. So I was full of amusement about a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. But uh, in any event, uh, we uh, we we could uh, agree uh, on that. And Phil, I'm merely hoping to illustrate, underline that Phil Silvers could carry a show, and he did. Sergeant Bilko. Sometimes it was just called the Sergeant Bill Cook show, but they were, they were a couple of films. I, I enjoyed the, the Ed Sullivan show. It's considered very old-fashioned because it had a lot of vaudeville acts on it, but it also had the Beatles and a lot of uh, groups and individual performers, Elvis Presley, Buddy Holly. Uh, if you if you uh, had made it, you were going to be on the Ed Sullivan show on Sunday night, and it ran from 1948 to 1974, which is a pretty long time. I think that's right. Doing it off the top of my head. But uh, anyway, but The Twilight Zone was one of the ones that made a mark. And we talked about The Twilight Zone last week, and we had uh, had three or four callers in an hour, and if you have a good discussion, that's enough. And a couple of the calls, uh, a lady named Catherine called from from Durham, and uh, I think she uh, 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 had a favorite episode. And people tend to have favorite episodes. That's not true of a lot of shows. They're not separate and identifiable. People don't hold on and know. And I knew what mine was. My mother and I, independently of each other, had decided we liked the same show. It was our number one favorite. And I'll tell you the title of it. 
But, but what I want you to do tonight, I want you to call me and tell me and our audience, broadcast it. What's your favorite Twilight Zone show? Well, you can have two. What some, one of the callers that called last week had two. And Nightmare at 20,000 Feet was, was one that somebody had. And that's the a memorable one. Uh, mine was Time Enough at Last. And in all the ratings I've seen of the top 10 of the 156 episodes done by whatever magazine, Rolling Stone, IMDb, whatever it is, um, my the one that I like is in the top 10. I don't think it ever ended up number one, but it was always in the top 10. I, uh, time Enough at Last, starring Burgess Meredith. Burgess Meredith and I always felt close to him because we shared a birthday, and he was a great actor. You saw him a lot in the, the Iraqi movies. But uh, time enough at last. And if you, you, probably most of the people who are Twilight Zone fans or who remember Twilight Zone know what the subject of that was. Maybe that's something we'll ask you as a trivia question somewhere tonight if it doesn't come up. But what I want to know is if you were a Twilight Zone appreciator, you don't even have to be a fan. You can just remember one episode. There's an episode that with Art Carney in it that my brother liked. And we ended up last week talking about an episode, and nobody could think of the name of it. And if you were listening last week, it's an episode that has Charles Bronson and Elizabeth Montgomery in it. Just those two. And there's virtually no dialogue. And the name of the episode is Two, T-W-O. And it's one of the ones that sticks in your mind. So if think up. What was the one that you like? You, If you can't remember the name of it, tell us the plot. Tell us who the stars were. We can roam around the fields of the Twilight Zone, but if you don't don't uh, don't want to talk about the Twilight Zone, we can talk about other TV shows, you know, like Lucy and uh, like December Bride. You could start off by telling me who the stars of December Bride was. There's one guy in there. Uh, he played uh, the neighbor of the people who were the main part of December Bride, and he he spent the rest of his life on television and became kind of a, a warm uncle or a warm colonel, as the case may be. 919 is our area code, 860-9783. And then if you have letters on your telephone, uh, memory device, uh, 9783 works out to be WPTF. And I'll bet that wasn't done by chance. I'll bet it was arranged. That's how it, how it works, however. So 919-860-9783. 9783-860-WPTF is what I meant to say. The Twilight Zone is, is at the center of our effort to engage in a dialogue. Uh, talk with Tom. I'm one part of the program. You are the guest. And uh, I'm not an expert on the Twilight Zone, by the way. If we run across something, we'll have, we'll have to look it up. We'll ask John Sauter, our producer, to use the computer. We'll ask uh, the audience. There's somebody in our audience who knows the answer to just about everything. All we have to get them to do is call. So you call 919-860-9783. I would hope there will be some people queued up and ready to tell us their favorite Twilight Zone episode right after this. All right. There's the bumper music. That's what that's called. It bumps us back in at 922 at WPTF. And uh, 
do want to remind you we'll have election coverage coming up on Tuesday night, so you'll you'll want to make sure your radio is primed for that. And you can always just take it around with you. It is on AM six eighty or eighty no 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 ninety eight. I don't know why I want to say eighty ninety eight point five. And uh, the uh, the election takes place next week. Uh, and uh, we're going to have a show on the weather next week too. That's that's what we got fixed. We kind of work this out as we go along. So, and we post our schedule every Monday morning on the WPTF website. You can look for it there. Uh, John Sauter is our producer, and he tells me that Floyd, not the barber, but Floyd, is on the air. Is that right, Floyd? That's right, not the barber. You know who I'm talking um, about, of course. <laughs> How are you tonight, Floyd? I'm doing doing very well. I'm calling about the Twilight Zone twi- trivia. Okay. Um, Actually, it's not trivia. It's your, you you create the trivia. You know? Well, that's right. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, I, I have I've got a couple. One I can remember the name of, and one that I never saw but once, but it really stuck with me. The the one that I can remember the name of, I think, was to serve man. You know, some when we did this last week, no, it wasn't to serve man. I kept thinking that was going to come up because the, 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 I think it was the lady in Durham uh, uh, came up with one that a lot of people come up with, and and, and and I think it's beauty is in the eye of the beholder, you know, and uh, oh, a lot yeah. of people remember that. But to serve man is a really, really tricky, you know, title, don't you think? It is, and. Uh, it had you thinking one thing before the end, and then you found out it meant something else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we might. Uh, why don't you spring it on our audience if they've forgotten it? What is to serve man about? Well, it's uh, some folks from outer space came to Earth, and I believe I remember that they kind of put out an ad or some kind of something for space travel, and uh, it ended up being that they were, I think, taking them away to their, back to their planet to serve them up as meals for everybody. Right. It's and, like the turkey being the star, being tricked into coming right. to Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> and they were literally going to serve man. They were looking for menu, uh, you know, recipes, I think. And, right. And so on. So, yeah, you got to. And that, that's kind of wicked, I think. Uh, it that's is. the kind of thing that made Twilight Zone popular. Now, let's let's finagle this other one here that you were talking about. What was it about? Well, um, I remember, the, I think the two characters in it was a very young Robert Redford and Agnes Moorhead. And he had come to Earth or so, and Agnes Moorhead, I think, was sheltering him, um, and the townspeople found out about it and wanted to kill him, and I think they ended up doing that. Um, but I can't remember for the life of me what the name of that one was. And Like I said, I never saw it but one time, but it, it really kind of brought out the almost a religious when they, feeling. During the break... Unless somebody in the audience wants to call us up and tell us that one. Because we've got a big research organization here, Floyd. Everybody <laughs> listening, and they say a, a certain number, and it's a large number, listen at night. Uh, you know, they 
they listen a lot of times on the way home, you know, in the car and everything, but they they are listening. But if anybody remembers the ones, Agnes Moorhead and young Robert Redford, you know, uh, it's interesting about Robert Redford, there is an early episode of Perry Mason, the one with Raymond Burr, mm-hmm. you know, black and white, it goes back that, that Robert Redford is in. So we sort of know where he broke in, you know. And, uh, That's right. He was uh, his. I think his girlfriend was the one that Perry was defending, or something like that. But uh, I. That's one reason I like to watch old television shows is to see young actors when they're breaking in, and certain character actors, people that uh, you know that are in a lot of shows. They're not the star, but the show couldn't go on without them. You know that kind of thing. That's right. A lot and, of them get uh, recycled like too. Farrell, died recently, and she was in Two and a Half Men, big, heavy-set woman. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, she had had health problems over the years, but she'd been on that program 12 years, and I can remember seeing her in 1965 in a program called Hot El Baltimore, and it was kind of risque, so they took it off the air after, I think, a half season or something, but it was the way television was going. But I, I, like, to, I like to see old cars, too, you know, that, that kind of thing. And... Uh, you know, when the Angela Lansbury show uh, started, about the first six years it was on, it was kind of the meeting of old actors, you know, guys, mm-hmm. you, girls you'd seen somewhere before. And then, there they come, come back. Well, let's see. I'll look it up. And where else? <clears throat> let's see if you know this. We I'm vamping a little bit here because we didn't really have time for another caller, and I'm using you as a foil. But <laughs> if I wanted to tell somebody where they could see Agnes Moorhead on television, can you think of a place? Oh yes, Bewitched. Bewitched. That's right. She, she along was, with uh, along with the co-star who was in the previous Twilight Zone episode that you mentioned, uh, Elizabeth Montgomery. Elizabeth Montgomery. Right. In fact, that's how we got to uh, talking about her. And she she was a really attractive lady, I think. And I drew the lady's attention there. And when I was young and in like middle school, I used to come home and there was a program on TV on Channel 9 in Greenville, I think, called Robert Montgomery Presents. And it was a drama in the afternoon. You know, it was a real life, you know, it wasn't a soap opera. It was a real life play, you know, that he put on. Mm-hmm. He directed it. He was an actor, but he was her father. And uh, I think she appeared on it a few times as a very young person. But I always, and it's cert- she certainly made the name Samantha popular. Uh, she being, sure did. Being, and, and I always enjoyed watching her. Well, Floyd, uh, I, I should have said, where did, did you feel pink? But uh, uh, <laughs> I've got a sweatshirt my brother gave me. I don't think I've ever worn it. I'm not brave enough. But it's got Floyd, the barber on it, and he's pink. Uh, as in Pink Floyd, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, I know who that is. Yeah, yeah the wall and all that stuff. So, yeah. Well, thank you for helping get um, the show started tonight. Tom, real quick, can you tell me the... Who does in the name of your theme song that you open the show with? I do not know. I do not even know the name of it. If John ever erases it, we're shot. Because I, <laughs> I borrowed it from somebody else in 1993, and I honestly do not know the answer. We better go. Well, if you, if you could get one of your guys to do some research on it and announce it on the air one night. I'll, I'll try I really to like that. that. I did it. I'll try to do that. Well, we better get going, Floyd, because our okay. time has run out. But thank you. I, uh, I, I, but I, I was afraid somebody would ask me that someday or that it would accidentally get erased because I have no idea. Uh, uh, somebody else had used it for a show, and I liked it, and so I, I just kept it. And we sometimes use a song or something, you know, in place of it. But uh, 
it, you know, your, your theme is supposed to be recognizable so that people, when they hear it, say, oh, I know what's coming on now, you know, that kind of thing. Well, it is. Okay. Well, thank you, Floyd. Take care. Thank you, Tom. And good you know, that's the kind of listeners we have. We have nice listeners, and we have a good time doing what we want to do, and that is have a dialogue, have, have a conversation. John, can we go straight to the CBS newscast here at uh, 931 on WPTF? Trivia, Halloween movie trivia. My brother Stephen will be with us. While we were talking, Floyd and I, John Sauter, our producer, looked up the answer to the title of the second show that Floyd uh, wanted to offer up from uh, Twilight Zone. And, John, what did you say? It's the Robert Redford Agnes Moorhead show. It's called Nothing in the Dark. Nothing in the Dark. And did you say you... Whatever source you had says it's going to be on the Sci-Fi Channel when tomorrow? Tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Well, I don't know if I'll get up that early, but if I do, I know what I'm, I'll watch and so on. So, Well, thank you very much. You, if In case you ever wonder what a producer does, ladies and gentlemen, except turn the knobs and everything, it's to feed stuff to the host. and so that It's hard to look stuff up when you're on the air and have to keep talking. Now, John, we have a caller now. Who is our next caller? Uh, Mike. Mike. Hey, Mike. Are you there? Hello. Hello, Tom. Uh, I, uh, you invited comments about other series from yeah. early television days. And Don't I know who you are? Don't you, aren't you from the western yeah, part you know, of the state? You, yes, you know me. I want uh, you to, now, well, now, wait a minute. I, I want you to be a guest on my show sometime. Well, maybe so. I'm retired now. I know you I'm are, and that's why I thought you might be willing to do uh-huh. it, and, uh, uh, you you talked to me back when I was ill, and you said you had. I did. I did. I called you. And I, I thank you for that. And I'm, what made Bye-bye. me think about that is the gentleman who gave you my phone number. Um, yes. Was honored, honored today. I watched uh, it. You watched it. I did you're, too, and I'm very pleased with that. You're talking about Professor Clark. Professor James and, Clark. Uh, yeah. Got yeah. the John uh, Tyler Caldwell Humanities Award today. He's sometimes uh, on our show, and he. Yeah. He deserves it if anybody does. So. Well, I have a, an, a story to tell about a character actor from early television days. Uh, streaming services like uh, Roku and Tubi have really brought back a lot of early television. For example, even uh, Our Miss Brooks can be watched in its complete run now. But the one I've been watching is called Mr. Peepers, which I think may appeal to you. Maybe you remember it from first run. If you remember I Love Lucy, you might remember Mr. Peepers. I, I barely remember it. It was on. Uh, I, the problem was either it was on at a bad time for me or for a long time we only had Channel 9. And uh, it may not yeah. have been you know, one of the ways. Well, as you probably know, it starred Wally Cox, who became famous for Hollywood Squares. But the supporting players of what have drawn uh, my interest, uh, Tony Randall, Tony Randall's first substantial role was on that series. They were all teachers. Uh, uh, Wally Cox played a science teacher. Uh, uh, Tony Randall was a history teacher. But of most interest to tonight, uh, the English teacher was a character actor named Marion Thorne. Do you recognize her name? I do not recognize that. No, no, I do not. Uh, And before you go, I have to tell you a story, Wally Cox story, too. But go ahead. Well, she... She was Aunt Clara. Uh-huh. Aunt Clara on Bewitched. So it fits right in with discussing uh, Eudora and, uh, and of course, Elizabeth Montgomery 
Aunt Clara was, you know, one of the beloved characters on The Witch. She yeah. died before the end of the run of the show. But the character she played, and she was old enough to have been in vaudeville, uh, was absent-minded and stammered. Uh, which is what she that. did on uh, Bewitched. Oh, that's what, she, that's what she did on Bewitched. But if you look up Mr. Peepers, that was her shtick. That was her act on Mr. Peepers. And let us say for the audience that Mr. Peepers was was uh, a wimp. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, she was somewhere between uh, Margaret DeMont and uh, W.C. Fields. Oh, you're you're showing your knowledge. Margaret DeMont, of course, was a great friend of the Marx Brothers. uh, Oh, yeah, the foil. Groucho's foil. Uh, At any rate, I recommend it to you and your listeners, those old shows, at least the first season, which I've watched. Is oh, quite yeah. entertaining. There was a show that I know you can't watch it because it was done live. There was actually a detective show, uh, Inspector Kane or something like that. It was done live at a studio in Philadelphia and fed onto the CBS network. Uh, or maybe it was Dumont that it was on. You, you know, if you're old enough, you know what. That, but I, I'll, I, not to waste your time. What I, what I want to ask you to do, Mike, if you will, is to somehow get me your phone number or your address so I can call you and maybe invite you to come. Okay, is the uh, cell number, is, is your cell number the same you used in the, uh, when you were in the facility? I uh, have cell number. I'm not sure, but I'll tell you what okay. you can do. I can put you on hold after this. You can give the number to Mr. Okay. to John. How about I'll, that? I'll do that. Okay. Okay. Wait, Wait hold on. Tom, thank you. Hold on. Yeah. You know what Wally Cox did for amusement? What is, what he's done? you got to listen to this story now. I know he was a friend of Marlon Brando. Yeah, he, uh, he rode motorcycles with Marlon Brando, and uh, I'm trying to think of the act, the Western actor that was in, like, Rawhide or something that he was uh, good for. Anyway, the story is that he and Brando were extremely close, and it was not a homosexual relationship. They were just good buds. And yeah. uh, I read this for to be the truth. And uh, uh, Cox was married three or four times, and his fourth wife did not like for Brando to come over because when Brando came over to the house, he and Wally would go for walks along the coast and everything, and she, for all practical purposes, disappeared because Wally yeah. was taken up with, with Marlon Brando. Well, Marlon Brando dies. No, no, no. Wait a minute, I've got to get this right. No, Wally Cox dies, and she wanted to involve Brando in it somehow, but so she wouldn't have to have a lot of dealings with him. She really didn't like him. So she assigned him the job of retrieving the ashes from the funeral home. Are you with me? Yeah. Well, Brando went and got the ashes, but he didn't take them to her. He kept them and, and uh-huh. he, on, his man, on his mantelpiece. And supposedly when he died, he was uh, cremated, and he they mixed he and Cox's ashes together and strode them on the beach. Now, I've read that for uh, to be the truth. Yeah. Well, I, you know, some people confuse uh, Wally Cox with Arnold Stang. Oh, yes. And Arnold, Arnold Stang was quite a, a remarkable character actor. He appears in It's a Mad, 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 Mad World, uh, my favorite film. And uh, he's a service station attendant, and it's uh, remarkable. Was he on a show, and I, and, and I can ask you if you remember the show, and then we will go along. There was a show that was kind of popular. It may have been syndicated, or it may have been CBS called That's My Boy. It was a TV show that was a takeoff on a Martin and Lewis movie. 
Okay. Father you is the best. You there, Tom. I don't know that one. I don't know that one. I, I think Arnold Stang was on that. Well, the father was a football player, and his son was a was a hundred pounds soaking wet, you know, and it, yeah. it just didn't work out. Uh, but anyway, Mike, thanks for calling. Good to talk to you, and I'll speak to John if you will. All right, John, I'll put Mike on hold and see if you can get his phone number so we can be in touch with him. Mike is an old friend of ours, and he's very knowledgeable about a whole lot of things and would make a wonderful guest. Uh, and and uh, just uh, since he retired, I've not been able to, to, to search him up. John, don't we have another caller now? Hello? Hello? John? Hello? Hello. Who am I speaking to? Um, this is Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Where are you, Elizabeth? Uh, I am in Raleigh. In Raleigh, okay. Well, which yep, Twilight... I work... I'm sorry. Which Twilight Zone episode? There I've you go. To tell you why I'm call... I've got to tell you why I'm calling first. Okay. Um, so I worked at NC State for 10 years. Um... And I, I met my ex-boyfriend there. He worked there for, like, 25 years. And he called me tonight and had insisted that I call this show. I've never called it before. But he said that I would be remiss if I didn't. And so, in terms of Twilight Zone, I'll get into it in just a second. But let me just say that my favorite um, old show that has people on it that were in other things is The Love Boat. Well, it had, had everybody on it, of course. It had everyone on it. Um, and I was lamenting the fact the other day that I lost the remote control and I use Antenna TV, and I'm stuck on the Johnny Cash show every night. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and that's all I can watch is the Johnny Cash show. And I'm going to tell you, Neil Diamond looked really good back in the day. <laughs> well, can't you change it at the set or something? You know, uh... No, I can't. It's, it's, I, I, it's, it's not a good TV. Okay, um, well, but that's we, okay. I, okay, I would I know your your ex boyfriend? Um, his name. Well, I don't know if you want me to say his name. John Medley. He is an IT guy. I do. I, I I don't remember, but then again, I'm getting old too. So, but that's okay. I it's, uh, I I taught at state uh, on a non tenure track job uh, for a while and met a lot of people and and uh, well. I have a lot of affection for NC State, although I didn't go to school. I went to Carolina and to Wake Forest, but I, so I've got all three schools blocked out. Well, I'm I'm from Winston Salem, so I'll give you a shout out to Wake Forest. Oh. Well, please do. I will tell you this: if I did not live in Raleigh, I would want to live in Winston Salem. It's a well. <laughs> you don't like Winston Salem, huh? I lo- no, I love it. It's my hometown. Okay. I mean, it's but a- I mean, you know. You know, it's, there's not a lot of, of opportunity there for younger people. Oh, I know, and, but it's just a different. It's got a certain charm, and it's this. So, but anyway, we need to go back to talking about the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. Okay, so okay, so I know every single episode that is the favorite of everybody I have ever loved. Wow. And people, get, yeah, people get mad at me, and I have my certain favorites. Um, but my most amusing story I think about the Twilight Zone is uh. There's an episode called uh, The Talking Doll, I think, is what the name of it is. It's a, and her name is Talking Tina. Talking Doll. She, yeah, she's, she's a little bit uh, tough. Yeah, and and, uh, and it stars Telly Savalas. Yes. And I laughed 
my butt off. One um, New Year's Eve, I was sitting there with my, my good friend who is, um, she and I are both uh, like half Serbian. And her elderly mother lives with her. Her mother's in her know, late 70s. And um, we were watching the, the marathon and Talking Tina comes on, the Talking Doll. And um, she said, I, I know why I don't know this episode. And I looked at her, I said, well, why? She said, because it's got Telly Savalas in it. Can't stand Telly Savalas. And I laughed and laughed and laughed. And it was very funny. Um, but the other episodes that I think people miss that are really good, are there's one where um, the man um, has his best good hunting dog. And he is married. They're, they're elderly. And... Um, the old woman says, well, a bird lit on your side of the bed. She's afraid he's going to die. And he goes coon hunting with his dog. I, I know this one, and it's my second favorite. Is it? Yeah, he falls off, the, he falls off the, the bridge, which, in fact, is a tree. The dog, yes, saves, dr- the dog saves him from going to hell is what happens. Yes, the dog saves him from going to hell. And his big concern was is that uh, his wife was going to be left behind. Rachel was her name in the show. And and they said, well, I reckon she'll be along right behind you. And but she won't have any trouble getting to heaven. The actor that's in that show is in a lot of really, you know, he was in like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. That's the kind of yeah. movies he was in. It's Arthur Nethercutt, I think is his name, or something like that. I think you're right. I think he you're can only play right. himself, though. You know, you understand what I mean by that. He I know exactly what you mean by that. He, he's an old man. He's a hillbilly, and he needs a shave. There's a, there's a. He's in a, a double barrel episode there of the old Perry Mason show. Let's tell our audience what how he saves him from going to hell, though, and then we'll we'll let you escape. But you got to promise to call again sometime. I will promise that the reason he escaped was because um, when he went up to what he thought were the pearly gates. And the dog started barking, and they said, he thought it was St. Peter. And the man says, well, I can't let you in with that dog. And he said, well, I don't think that any place that won't let me have my dog with me is a good place to go. So I think I'm going to keep on walking. And then St. Peter actually shows up and says, your dog just saved your life, or, well, your death. And, uh, you know, you just escaped the, the gate to hell because they don't let dogs in there. Where you're going, you can take your dog. Well, he goes on down the road and he finds a place that yep. it doesn't have a Ferris wheel and it looks it look like Happy Land, but uh, but it turns out that it's heaven and the dog can go. And uh, so you pay attention to your dogs is what they, <laughs> they'll say. <save laughs> That's you from, Well, I love dogs. I had a beagle for 15 years and I learned more from him than any human being I've ever known. So I, I had total sympathy with Arthur Nethercutt. <laughs> It's this guy, and he's one of those character actors that shows up when they needed a person of his age that looked like him. He was the one they got every time. So, but he was only, but, yeah. But I, I think you're right. But he, but he, but he only would show up in parts that were apropos to him. Right. He could only play himself. And uh, but he was in the in in Bush Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, which was a big movie. You know, it had Redford and uh, Paul Newman in it. Uh, they, they they play the hole hole in the wall game, and he's yes, the, I remember that he's in yeah. charge of the of the place where they go to 
when they you know when they need to hide from somebody and so on. But you're a wonderful person to talk to, uh, and I'm glad that you you chose to call us tonight and tell your ex boyfriend. Uh, I appreciate his giving you good directions. Well, he 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 throws me into things sometimes, but I don't know what. I'm well, as long as he's not under the bus, okay. Okay. Well, no, it's not. <laughs> okay. Tell me your name again. My name is Elizabeth. I'm so old I, actually, I cannot remember names anymore. Well, Elizabeth, it is nice, and uh, maybe we'll see you at the uh, at the uh, Moravian Village in Ch- in uh, Winston Salem sometime. Oh yeah, absolutely, Old Salem. Pardon me. Uh, old Salem. Old Sa- well, yeah, you know, my favorite thing in Winston Salem. I lived there five years because I went to Wake Forest, but uh, is the cemetery. And uh, no, it's called God. God's Acre, and then there's God's Little Acre. God's Little Acre. For, for our audience, if you ever go to Winston-Salem, Salem was a little town that was swallowed by Winston, uh, but the cemetery is a Moravian cemetery. It's a Christian church, but all the tombstones are the same size. And all the women, are buried, was- the women are buried together, and the men and the children are buried together. So it's just, you know, it's, it's something worth knowing about. Well, thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you very much. It was take, a pleasure speaking with you. Take care. All right, you too. She had my second favorite one after uh, time enough at last. I don't even know, John. Have we run over or are we in the middle of the news or something now? No, we'll take a break and we'll be back on WPTF. So I can move. We had some good callers. I think what maybe we had three or four callers on the air. I, you can't count very well and do the show, too, but uh, Elizabeth particularly was good talking about, uh, I'm glad her boyfriend called her up and said, you might enjoy what they're talking about. But I think we could talk about character actors and stuff like that, but uh, I was glad she brought up uh, the show about the man who uh, whose dog saved him from going to hell by by, uh, by turning him toward heaven. The man said, "You can't bring that dog in here." And he said, "Well, if I if I can't, the dog can't go. I can't. I won't go." And uh, any, anyway, and I don't know, we had some other good shows, good callers tonight. Tomorrow night, Halloween movies, uh, Psycho, and things like that. And uh, next week, of course, you'll want to tune in on Tuesday night to get the election results. We'll talk to you following the news tomorrow night.